You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you happen to find us that way, uh, welcome. We're, we're glad to have you here. Uh, and we're also sponsored by the fine folks at DraftKings. Uh, thanks to them as well. And, and you'll hear from them uh, just a little later on in the show with a special offer for new users. Um, this is episode 238. Yes, 238 of the Press Zone. We're glad to have you here. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, also the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. And I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my tremendous co-host, who also happens to be our editor-in-chief and our founder here at Rocket Sports. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. How is it New Year's already? I don't know, but... uh, I mean, like, well, not even just how is it New Year's? How is it January 4th already? Like, wasn't New Year's Eve just a minute ago? (laughs) Just a minute ago. Christmas a minute ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going too fast. So, Happy New Year to you. Thank Um, you. An early Merry Christmas to those who follow the Orthodox calendar. Oh, uh, yes. Because, uh, yep, yeah, Ukrainian Christmas will be up soon and others. That's true. Um, there's a birthday coming up. A happy early birthday to you. What? Uh, did I miss anything? My, My goodness. goodness. Yeah, there's lots ha- <laughs> lots happening this week. You are, uh, you're on the ball. Uh, there is an early birthday. Uh, I got a calendar for Christmas, yeah. So. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to get on Santa's nice list in advance. Really, really right off the get go. That's right. Well, thank you very much. Yes, my birthday is on Friday, uh, January 7th. Lucky number seven. So, um, yeah, supposed to get snow here that day, which is supposed to be our first snow uh, here for the whole season, which is pretty typical for my birthday. It always is snowy on my birthday. So um, other than that. Just going to stay home and apparently not watch hockey because <laughs> there isn't any on. A little bit of hockey. A little bit of hockey. Not Habs, not Rocket, though. No. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, in our first segment, we are going to talk about uh, the the absolute mess that is the Canadians roster right now. Uh, get you up to speed on the latest news with that. Granted, that could change minute to minute, but we'll get to the latest news on the Canadians roster, as well as their current situation. Them and Laval are kind of in the same boat right now in terms of of a shutdown and and pending challenges and obstacles coming up this week. So we'll talk a bit about that. Also, you know, all of this mess that's going on um, around the entire league has led to a lot of uh, AHL call-ups. Uh, and guys getting getting a shot who, in all for all intents and purposes, in an otherwise quote unquote normal year, probably wouldn't even be making their NHL debuts. But they've had some some luck on their side in that term. Uh, and so we want to talk about how you know just a couple of the Habs prospects have looked uh, in their 
small introductory window into the NHL. Lucas Vedemo, Jesse Alonen, uh, Cam Hillis even making his debut lately. So we'll we'll talk about all of that. Uh, and then in our second segment, you know, no, there isn't Habs hockey happening right now. No, there isn't Laval Rocket hockey. Ha- excuse me, hockey happening right now. Um, and then it's the perfect time to kind of get caught up on maybe some of our exclusive, really special interviews. Uh, and and being that it's a new year and, and just having turned the page onto 2022, uh, thought it would be a good time just to give you a look back at some of our um, key interviews uh, that happened over the course of 2021, give you a little excerpt from some of them, um, and uh, tell you where to go find them if you missed them, because uh, we've had a lot of great guests on the show this past year, over the past five years. Um, and so we'll give you a, a little teaser on that in the second segment, as well as uh, things to look out for on AHLReport.com this week. Well, that's fun. It's very fun. Um, so let's start with what we know with the Habs. Uh, the Habs and the Laval Rocket currently are in a complete shutdown. All team activities are suspended through January 6th. So that's through Thursday of this week. Um, this comes on the heels of despite the fact that they were accruing player upon player upon player into COVID protocol while they were on their road trip for, well, some reason conversation for a different day uh go listen to the canadians connection podcast uh that uh that chris g and and rick just did on saturday they've got some some things to, to talk about this uh decision but the canadians did not shut down uh or postpone games on the tail end of this road trip uh when they probably should have um instead waited until literally about five minutes after they finished their road trip to say okay we're suspending all activities for the habs and for the laval rocket um five new people added to the covid protocol list today rick uh four of them were players rafael harvey pinard yesi alone and david savard sam montembo and also uh one staff member, assistant coach Trevor Latowski. That brings us to, I think you totaled it before the show, 20 players and two coaches? 22 altogether, that's correct. That's a lot. That, that is an awful lot. Um, um, and and Michael McNiven standing alone as the only goaltender available for the Habs right now. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he might be needed in Laval, who knows? Well, I did, I tweeted, and um, in Laval, checks notes, Kevin Poulan and I don't even know some guy. I don't even, I'd have to look. Um, Poulan and Gindin. Okay. Are the tandem in Laval right now. I'm guessing both are call-ups from Trois Rivières. Uh, so it's a little dicey right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, um, was obviously spreading rampantly through the organization. Um, this isn't as of today. This, this, uh, and, and there was locker room spread. There was, you know, on the bench spread. Um, it, it's, it's been happening for some time. Um, some fans mistakenly blame the NHL uh, for uh, forcing the Canadians to play undermanned. Um, that's just not true. The Montreal Canadiens organization um, made the decision to play. Um, mm-hmm. We know that. Um, and they decided to play those three road games in Florida and North Carolina, uh, the Hurricanes, the Lightning, and the Panthers. Um, and and that's, that's concerning um, because the Canadiens' priority was to postpone the games in January uh, at home because revenue would be affected, but we're fine going ahead with the games in Florida that were on the road. And in doing so, the, the spread was obviously uh, exacerbated through the team. Um, and keep in mind that all of those players have families, people that they're in a, uh, contact with. So uh, it helped uh, spread it through that community. Um, and well on the road, you're going to be, on aircraft, you're going to be on buses, you're going to be staying in hotels, you're going to be eating in restaurants, and those people would have been exposed, um, could have been exposed as well. So um, not not a decision that uh, 
I I can certainly support mm-hmm. uh, the Montreal Canadiens going ahead and playing while there was uh, a, a spread that was and and let's also remember that there are officials there are mm-hmm. there are uh, the opposition players uh, we know that. Uh, after the Canadians left, that the Panthers, several of the Panthers, um, uh, were added to their the Florida Panthers list. So um, it's it's uh, health and safety has not been the primary concern uh, of those people in charge of the Montreal Canadiens right now. Uh, no, um, and you know it's it is. Well, and then we saw. I mean, the Winter Classic was a was a was a beautiful thing to behold on. To watch it, you know, love seeing an outdoor game that truly is in exceptionally cold conditions, uh, played at night under the lights. It looked beautiful, but it was also, again, hard to get really excited for it when you see everyone packed into those stands. I understand it's outside, but the, this this variant that's circulating right now uh, doesn't seem to mind circulating in in and amongst anyone who's in close contact for a long period of time, that can be, you know, sitting, standing in stands next to someone or down breathing wind from someone. I mean, it's anyway, uh, just some some unfortunate decisions uh, having to be made. And uh, it's it's clear now for the leagues where the priority is. Um, and and that's kind of been set out there. The AHL even announced this week that they have uh, now extended the regular season uh, through through to the end of April. Um, and so they've added, I think, six days to the regular season calendar in order to begin trying to reschedule all of these postponed games um, that have been happening because the AHL also hasn't done a league-wide shutdown uh, they've just been postponing on a game-by-game basis, team-by-team basis. Um, Syracuse finally getting healthy again. I believe I saw our friend Patrick Williams note that uh, they now have 55 games to play in the rest of the calendar season. All right. I, I like. I don't even. In fact, well, our friend Megan, uh, our friend Megan, who is uh, heads up the the marketing and and communications department for Syracuse. Um, basically retweeted their calendar the other day and just had the the gif of the dog in the fire just this is fine <laughs> this is i can't imagine what it's going to be like for for that for that team and those players and that staff um well remember that some organizations chose to play more games this year to yeah. have more home games they're transitioning to a schedule that uh all the teams in in the league will play the same number of games but on the way there they had their choice in the number of games uh at least those in the east would play this year and it was between 72 and 76 uh, some choosing more games. I think Syracuse um, chose more games. Um, I think they did. I, I think so, and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. It's you know, it's like living in the twilight zone. I mean, there's there's so much. There are so many players coming in and out of protocol in both leagues. There's massive call ups uh, from the AHL to the NHL. Uh, Rick, you and I were just mentioning before the show, and I didn't write down the number, but our, our, again, I'll mention 474. Yes. Patrick Williams noting that post Christmas, this is between now and Christmas, there have been 474 AHL transactions. Uh, that's insanity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, keep in mind that you're probably looking at a very also similarly high number of ECHL transactions as AHL teams try to fill the gaps. Um, you're seeing guys getting called up from, from, you know, signing PTOs or coming in from the SPHL. It's, I mean, teams are thin right now. Um, it's one of Springfield's coaches just got called up to fill in on the bench, I believe for the blues for tonight, because they're short coaches, behind the bench because of COVID protocol. I just, it all feels in some ways more surreal than the straight out shutdown did last year. For sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's a wonderful, as you mentioned earlier, for some of these players to get called up for some of these players to get into their first NHL action. But 
it exposes them to more risk as well. And and we've seen for the Canadians that uh, of the, the 22 people that are on the list, a good portion of them are um, players who have come from the, the AHL. Well, there was, I want to say it was when Fairbrother and Primo went into COVID protocol. I think that was literally like two days after they had gotten recalled. Um, and Fairbrother was was just on the taxi squad, went from Laval to Canadian's taxi squad to the COVID list. It's just, I'm, I have so many questions. I have so many opinions. You've heard, if, you, if you're a longtime listener, or even if you just listened last week, you know what those opinions are. Um, it's a little disheartening. I would like to see some sort of scientific decision making starting to take place and actually looking out for the the well-being of everyone not just the bottom line i understand that needs to be a priority would like to see there be other priorities that take some precedent as well um now the interesting thing is okay so the shutdown that the canadians and laval are currently in as we said, uh, that's a suspension of all team activities through January 6th. That doesn't affect the Canadians in any way other than practice schedule because um, they were already in a they were already going to have two weeks off because, as Rick mentioned, uh, they have decided to postpone all their home games in the first half of the season, uh, half of the month uh, due to provincial restrictions on attendance. And so looking to safeguard that potential lost revenue, put it later on. I did see Elliot Freeman Friedman note this week uh, that the NHL has said that there will not be any more postponements for attendance permitted um, other than the ones that have been put out. So and after the 27th, I think, of January, that that teams must play their home games, if it's regardless empty, of... If it's an empty building, it's going to have to be an empty building. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, you know, I at least appreciate that the NHL was like, okay, we'll give you a little bit of leeway, but, but at some point the games just have to get played. Sorry. Um, for Laval, it's a little different. Laval had three home games on the schedule this week, all of which are postponed, even though... Two of those come after January 6th. They're supposed to play on the 7th and the 8th. Um, all three games this week are postponed. Um, so now they are not slated to play until next Wednesday. If they manage to get that game off and they actually return to game action next week, the last time Laval played a game was Friday, December 17th. They will have gone almost a month without playing a game. And of course I had, you know, the lovely smarty pants on Twitter that said, well, well, but a lot of those guys have been suiting up for the Habs. So it's not like they haven't been playing games. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thanks. Captain obvious. Um, I meant that the team as a whole has not played a game since the 17th, which means also the team hasn't practiced as a whole since the 17th because of shutdowns and call-ups and blah, 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 blah. But but thank you. <laughs> so if you're keeping score, what we know right now is the return to play, at least as it comes to games, uh, will occur on the same day for both the Canadians and the Rocket. Uh, that the Canadians will be in Boston. That game was supposed to be at the Bell Center, but moved uh, to Boston, uh, TD Bank Center, on January 12th. The Laval Rocket, as it stands now, will play that same night. Uh, hosting uh, Syracuse. And that's if they're able to get practice in. Because and if they have enough players. If Well, that's... If, if first, if they have enough players to, to... And that's why I mentioned it, to, to support two teams. Uh, right now, they don't. Right now, they don't. I mean, can you imagine the scenario if things continue like this and, and, they're, and, and guys are getting called up from the AHL to fill in holes on the Habs roster who are call-ups from the ECHL to fill in holes on Laval's roster. Yeah. I mean, at what again, go listen to this past week's episode of the Canadians Connection where uh, I know Rick talked about um, how we're getting to a point where the integrity of, of NHL games is starting to be compromised because of some teams icing essentially an AHL roster against other teams who are uh, positioning for, for playoff standings and seating. Um, 
But sorry, I, I interrupted your point about practice and, and there. Yeah, that's the next challenge. That's right. Go, no, go, go right ahead. Well, that the, 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 the Canadians, it's not only the bodies uh, that uh, are an issue, it's that there are provincial government regulations that are at issue. And in this case, uh, what we understand right now is if, if following the provincial go- government um, uh, law by the, to, the, to the letter, that only roommates would be allowed to practice together. <laughs> uh, so two by two, um, uh-huh. you know, you come out of the ark and, and go on to the ice surface and then right. come off and the next two go. Um, I mean, that's obviously wouldn't work, but that's, that's kind of where we're at. So the Habs and the Rocket are going to need to probably apply for a, some sort of special exemption in order to be able to resume practice this week. Um, late in the week so that they can get an entire team on the ice together outside of those regulations. Uh, so that's still a question mark to be determined. Is that going to happen or or how will they, uh, you know, how will they work around that? We've seen some people uh, speculate that, you know, maybe the Habs would, would, would just... I don't know, head to Boston a week early and spend the week practicing mm-hmm. down there where that where those regulations wouldn't uh, affect them. Uh, it's a little different for Laval. Um, so we'll see how all of that's going to shake out. It's not going to be straightforward, whatever it is. It's 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 a mess. I mean, like literally the title of the show this week could just be it's a mess. And um, we know that there's a group out there that that want to make this political. Well, there may be two groups or more. more. Uh, there's, there's folks who, who want to get into the, the vaccine versus the unvaccinated argument. And, and fortunately, or uh, Omicron has, has, has registered that mute moot because uh, it doesn't matter. Um, so, and, and we're not, we're not getting into the politics and there's, uh, no. we see the, the folks on, on our Facebook groups that talk about this as, as a cold and the flu and, and that kind of nonsense as well. Um, we're, we're approaching this apolitically and, and as medically as we can. Um, so uh, that's, that's why you won't hear us get into those kinds of discussions or debates. Um, we're going to stay right down the center. That's right. Um, so, all that being said, Rick, before we before we take a break, we you did mention that there are some prospects who've been uh, able to get uh, some ice time at the NHL level. Some have even made their NHL debuts. I just want to touch on on three um, who are more significant names to to have gotten a chance to to get a look at them on NHL ice in an NHL game, regardless of how poorly the Habs may or may not have been playing uh, for those games. And that's Yelonen, uh, Lucas Vedemo, and and Cam Hillis, who made his NHL debut uh, over the weekend. Um, let's start with with Lucas Vedemo. You know, it's I even sent you a message uh, last week when I was getting, um, I don't want to say nauseated, but my eyes were rolling super hard when suddenly... The Montreal media is like, oh wow, Lucas Vedemo can skate. Oh wow, Lucas Vedemo <laughs> Who's has this Lucas Vedemo character. I mean, Lucas Vedemo has hands. Like we've not seen Lucas <laughs> Vedemo do this at the AHL. I'm like, oh, well, please, God, this is what drives me insane about those at, who cover the NHL and just keep and just bury their heads in the sand about prospects. Um, We've been covering Luke. The first time we interviewed Lucas Vedemo was when he was playing for Team Sweden at the World Junior Summer Camp two months after he was drafted. Um, 2015, yeah. 2015. Um, That's the first time we watched him play live, and it was the first time we looked at each other and said, oh, this kid can skate, and oh, this kid has hands. Um and oh, this kid is if he once he fills out, he's gonna be a beast. He's gonna be physical, and that's what he's done. Um, has he had um, has he had hiccups uh, once he went pro? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Lucas Vedemo is one of those prospects who is taking the long route in development. Um, but it doesn't mean that the core skills that that anyone who's been paying attention for a number of years hadn't seen. Um, and things that he did in in his in his early days in playing in Sweden and so forth. Um, 
he's just now starting to put them all together in a real way and playing with a lot of confidence last season and this season. And Rick, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he is he is showing that uh, he's got potential for at least some fourth line consistency at the NHL level. He does not look like he doesn't belong. Bottom six, uh, he can play a role. Um, he's a center. He's he's very good on faceoffs. He's very responsible in his own end. He can skate. He can fork check. Um, he he does have some offensive um, uh, talent, mm-hmm. uh, more as a playmaker. Uh, but um, yeah, he he's just a very smart player. Uh, has good size and 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 good skill and and could fill in if given the opportunity and and as you said he's his confidence has helped him um, he doesn't look out of place he doesn't look intimidated um, and and it's nice to see him getting some chance I would like to see him getting more of a chance yeah um, the Canadians are undermanned grossly undermanned um, so Dom Ducharme was uh, he he needed penalty killers. Uh, in their last game, and he turned to, <laughs> yeah, he t- turned to Jonathan Drouin. I'm sorry, uh, for five minutes of penalty killing time. Jonathan Ooh. Drouin is never going to be a penalty killer, and should never be a penalty killer. He doesn't like to play defense. He doesn't like to come back to his own end. Um, he and I'm not criticizing Drouin here. It's it's his usage. I know that he's a favorite son of of Dom Ducharme, but in this case, you have. Um, Someone who plays really well defensively, who has yeah. played um, uh, pen- PK. Uh, the PK and in in the AHL, um, Lucas Fatimo got in a minute or so, but it was it was five times at least that for uh, Duran, and and it's just these are the times like this is an awful period for Montreal and its fans to go through. Um, but you have to use as a coaching staff, you have to use it as an opportunity uh, to to see what players can contribute. Players like uh, a Lucas Vedemo, let's see what they can do. Let's mm-hmm. see if they can be part of your future, of of your bottom six future. And I think because Vedemo has had uh, some ups and downs uh, in the AHL, um, part of it, I don't know how well he flourished under under Joel Bouchard. Um, I I. You know, we haven't talked to Lucas about that in particular, um, but I know that there were there were seasons early on where he struggled with his confidence, where, you know, we've talked about issues in this organization where if mistakes are made by young prospects, um, they get too scared to make mistakes again because they get benched or they get punished or they get put in the press box, that kind of thing. Um, and and. There was some time that Vedemo was not very much relied on. He wasn't given very much responsibility. I think that affected his confidence. Um, but lately, in the last couple of seasons, he's really started to come out of that, and he's matured a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's putting in a lot of work in the off seasons, and it's just really nice to see him finally get rewarded. I think because people see him down in Laval on a stat sheet or or on lineups you know, sometimes uh, if if Laval has a full healthy lineup, there's times that he's the third line center in Laval, um, which I think people misconstrue that as that's the level that that's the 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 ceiling of his capability is that he's only a third line AHL center, and that's just simply not the case. It's simply more about how he's being used in the AHL and and playing a kind of a a little bit more of, of shutdown hockey and that type of thing. Um, so I, I'm happy to see that he's finally able to shed a little bit of the stereotype around him, I think. Um, and I'd like to, uh, with you, I'd like to see him get some more opportunity. Um, Yessi Yelonen, on the other hand, you know, when, when Yelonen came over uh, to North America last year, it was a big question mark, as it is with any of the European uh, skaters, as to how quickly they would be able to adapt to North American ice. We saw in the very shortened season last year that Yelonen didn't take long to to really show that, that he could adapt quickly to the smaller ice. 
we saw him do some pretty pretty nifty things last season, and he has continued that in the AHL this season. And quite frankly, I mean, he's he's been playing on the top. He played on the top line on on Saturday just because of all of the absences. Um, but Jesse Alonen, again, looking pretty strong out there, I think. He's got good skill, and, he, and he's an um, NHL-caliber skater. Yeah. Really smooth, really st- strong uh, strides. Um, good hands. He, he's got a, a heavy shot, a heavy wrist shot. Um, and and um, like many players from Finland, is is responsible in his own end. But um, he's he's got cons- he's got a bit of size, but considerably more skill um, than a player like like Vedemo. Um, uh, yes, he alone, and uh, yes, he should be playing uh, top six uh, kind of minutes. Um, and, um, is someone he's, he's younger. He's just 22. He's someone that, um, I, I think that, that, uh, that the Canadians should make a spot for him. And mm-hmm. I mean, just, just, just give him lots of minutes till the end of the season and, and see what, how he handles that. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think that he, uh, I think that he could definitely contend for a roster spot next fall at training mm-hmm. camp. Um, so that leaves us with Cam Hillis. Now, Cam Hillis is one of those. Cam Hillis has had a rough go of things between injury absences. Um, last season wasn't exactly um, feel good for him. He spent a good portion of last season in the press box, um, not getting into the lineup, uh, despite the fact that when he was in the lineup, you know, he he showed all of the things that made him a, a big prospect for for the Canadians. Uh, this season, for whatever reason, the organization started him in the ECHL, um, which had to have been a bit of a head scratcher for Cam, for Cam Hillis. But uh, fortunately for him, uh, earned a, a call up to the AHL, and and now of course. Um, has made his NHL debut. Um, so probably a little bit early, you know, outside of this situation with COVID, would Cam Hillis have, have gotten a shot cracking the NHL lineup at this point? No. Um, but he should be playing in the AHL regularly. Um, and we've seen some good things from him in the AHL, Rick. And, and what did you think of his first outing as uh, as an NHLer, <laughs> uh, he didn't look out of place. Yeah, no. he more properly belongs in the AHL. Uh, he needs some time. Cam uh, Hillis was um, very productive in the OHL. His final year of junior hockey with Guelph, um, he had eighty three points in sixty two games. Uh, he's undersized, um, but but kind of feisty and and uh, willing to go to the tough areas. Um, you know, 43 penalty minutes in, in uh, 62 games in his final year in junior, uh, a plus 28, so responsible in his own end. Mm. Um, and he, he's, he's smart, he's mature, he speaks well. He was the captain of the Guelph Storm uh, in 2019-20. Um, the organization doesn't seem, doesn't seem to be giving him many opportunities. They, they don't seem very high on him. I don't know why that is. Um, because he seems to be a responsible young man and, and uh, a guy who works very hard and, and has some leadership qualities. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see, you know, granted, it's a little over a week until the Canadians are scheduled to play their next game. We'll see if any of those guys are still in the lineup or uh, if others will have come out of COVID protocol and, and forced uh, those guys either onto the new taxi squad or back down to the AHL. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, I know, not a lot of hockey happening this week. Perhaps you've got some downtime. Um, Did you know or did you hear our interview this uh, this past season with uh, Marty Biron? What about Ian LaPerriere? Jean-Francois Uhl, maybe, the head coach of the Laval Rocket. Uh, Charlie Lindgren one of his many appearances with us. What about uh, even Danny Briere? Uh, well, those are just a handful of interviews that uh, we've had here exclusively at the Press Zone. We're going to give you a taste of those uh, and uh, bring you some excerpts in case you missed any of them and, and where to find them and uh, a lot more right after this. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. This is the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook, however, isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down a dollar on any NHL game, and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. This is episode 238 of the Press Zone. Uh, We're glad that you are with us today, whether this is the first time you've listened or the 238th time that you've listened to this show. Uh, We're certainly glad that you are here with us today. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on Twitter... Uh, at the AHL report is your best option to make sure you get all of our offerings all in one place. Uh, and if you'd like to follow Rick on Twitter, you can find him at all Habs. You can find myself uh, at Flyers Roll. So uh, give us a follow. Give us a shout. We love to hear from our listeners and readers and followers. Um, and you're welcome to uh, to reach out with questions or comments at Anytime. You're um, assuming they only listen to the to the episode once, though, if they've listened 238 times. Well, Some of true. our loyal subscribers listen to an episode more than once. Really? Yeah. That's what I've heard. Well, maybe some of our loyal subscribers who are currently listening would want to do that during this downtime. Or maybe if you're a newer listener, maybe you've missed some of the key interviews we've done this year. Um, You know, here at the Press Zone, of course, we love to talk about the prospects. We love to talk about the AHL. Uh, We have our good friend Patrick Williams on the show every other week for an AHL hot stove roundtable where we, the three of us, kind of chew the fat on on whatever the hottest topic is around the the American Hockey League at the moment. Um, But the other thing that we really enjoy doing... uh, Uh, thanks to some great connections that we've made throughout the hockey community, is bringing you the voices of some uh, tremendous people in the hockey world, um, whether they are coaches or scouts or current or former players, um, other media personalities, so on and so forth, um, and bring you exclusive interviews with them right here on the Press Zone. And this year, you know, we've had uh, we've had some great offerings this year. I mean, we've heard from guys like Bill Meltzer uh, from from Philadelphia, Dan Robertson, who uh, of course is is the voice of the Habs. Uh, we've talked to Mark Waitman, who is now running things down in Trois Rivières. Uh, we've had uh, guys like Russ Cohen on, Joe Yurden, um, former players like Mike Weaver. Brian Prop, Brad Marsh. Um, we've had Isaac Ratcliffe on the show this year uh, to to talk a bit. Uh, lots of offerings. If you've missed any of those, I should say first and foremost, just go to um, on uh, open a browser and go to thepresszone.fm, and that's where you'll find the archive of every single one of our episodes of the podcast. So if if any of those names. Um, perked up your ears, uh, just go search for that name on thepresszone.fm, and that'll take you right to the episode where we had an interview with that person. Um, But Rick, we just wanted to kind of highlight some of our 
are uh, fun or, or, or key interviews that we've had recently that maybe folks have missed out on if you're a newer listener or maybe there was a week that you missed uh, because of uh, vacation or family matters or just life gets in the way. We know how that goes um, and give you a couple of excerpts and we'll tell you where to go find them. The first one is actually a really recent one. Uh, this would have been episode 233. So just five episodes ago, we uh, had the pleasure of welcoming to the show for the first time former NHL goaltender, current Sabres analyst, uh, Marty Biron, uh, to the show. And he talked to us about a lot of different things. But in this clip, he talks to us about how, you know, in terms of development for prospects, how goaltenders many times need to take a longer path in development at the pro level. Here's what he said. But now I find it that if goalies get, you know, they're 20 coming out of the CHL, they get to the AHL. If in their first year they don't perform well and if they struggle and it's hard, it's really hard in your first year, then they push you aside and somebody else comes in. And, and that's not fair. I, 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 you know, and I know there's a lot, writing on general managers and, and all of that to, to produce players and to develop players. But I really think that with goaltenders, um, there should be a, a separate department uh, to, to develop goaltenders and to see what's the best road for them. Uh, because at 20, 21 years old, you're just not ready for it. So uh, it becomes very complicated. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that they're, now producing goalies in Europe, in Russia, in Sweden, in Finland, uh, like, you know, it's a factory over there. So there's <laughs> got to be something that they're doing, allowing these young goaltenders to develop, uh, playing pro, but taking their time, and then they don't come over until they're 25, 26. And that's, that, to me, is the biggest difference why we see more European goalies uh, in the NHL than we do CHL goalies now because – they have a different development path. Rick, our interview with Marty was, um, it was it was a long one. It was probably a good half an hour that we spent talking to Marty Buron um, and just covered the whole gamut of things about prospect development. Uh, even talked a little bit about uh, new, uh, new uh, Habs appointee Jeff Gordon a little bit. Um, but he had some really, really interesting things to say from a very unique perspective of being a longtime goaltender in the NHL and uh, it was just a really tremendous interview. Prospects don't develop uh, universally. It, it takes defensemen a little bit longer. It takes goaltenders a little bit longer than that. Um, Marty had some great things to talk in general about development but particularly about goaltending. Um, and and it's it's funny because um, we talked to him after the show. He's he's echoed many of the things that we've been saying about prospect development mm-hmm. over the 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 years that uh, that we've been doing this podcast. And and uh, it was really refreshing for him to come in with a, a very clear voice and and uh, and and talk about his view. Um, of um, of how prospects should be managed uh, making their way to the NHL. Absolutely. So again, that was episode 233 with Marty Biron, if you missed that. Uh, going back a little farther before that, uh, this is another one that would appeal to, to both Habs and Flyers listeners. Uh, episode 225 featured an exclusive interview right at the beginning of the season with new Lehigh Valley Phantoms head coach and former NHLer, Ian LaPerriere. Um, of course, uh, we've talked many times over the course of the past few months that the Phantoms did not get the start that anyone was expecting them to uh, this season. They have had a lot of struggles, um, but have recently really kind of started to turn things mm-hmm. around. I think they're on a six or seven uh, game uh, point streak. Um, what they've they've lost uh, some games in there, but but have gone to overtime to at least get a point. Haven't um, lost in regulation in seven games. So yeah. yeah, they're they're doing they're doing they're doing good things. Things are starting to turn around. Uh, we talked to Ian Laperriere here on the show right at the beginning of the season, and one of the things uh, he 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 again was a great interview. But this particular clip is where he describes why. Um, prospect development was an area that after he retired, he really wanted to get into. It's something like, you know, when I retired, I, I started doing, I was doing player development with the fires and uh, it's something I, I get to like, you know, it's just a, that new generation. They want to learn. They want to know. It's, you know, when I 
played, they were like, you know, we didn't ask questions. Nobody, no, no young guy asked a coach a question. But now that generation, <laughs> they want, then it's so true though. My first coach was Mike Keenan. Trust me, I never asked him a question. I just tried <laughs> to play the way, you know, no, no X and O's question, no uh, structures uh, question, no nothing of that. Now it's different, and I like that. I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, outgoing guy. I like to help people, and and those kids need help. And I, I know I, I get a lot of experience, you know, as a player and as a coach, and I know I can help them. And that's something that uh, get the fire under me. You say it's something that uh, I'm passionate about it, and. Uh, I just can't wait to get the season going and see uh, the results. That and again, it's a it's a process. It won't, you know, those kids won't get better overnight. But it's just the repetition of showing them, talking to them, and and teaching them on the ice, and they're, they're going to become better players uh, than they are right now. You know, it's funny to to listen to Laperriere talk about how you know it excites him to be able to talk to the younger guys, and that's that he feels that he can relate to them because he's been in so many of the same situations that they've been in, um, and that he really connects with them. And I think that's an important um, characteristic for a, for a coach, particularly in the AHL, to have. But you can just hear so much throughout his entire interview just how passionate he is about prospects and development and really was very excited to take on this new challenge this this season as a head coach in the AHL and listen to that the entire interview go there and listen to it because there are things that I think surprised us and may surprise you given mm-hmm. that he was a, a bit of a rugged player um some of his comments Say he's not uh, so fan of the fighting anymore. no 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 <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. But that he does like his guys to push back. That's right. There's, you're never going to stand up for each other. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to get all of that uh, out of the way of Ian LePerrier. But, uh, but yes, be sure to check out that episode, episode 225. Um, Now, uh, it just so happened that the Laval Rocket also brought in a new head coach this season. uh, And a few episodes prior to that, episode 222, uh, we were happy to welcome to the show for the first time. New Laval Rocket head coach Jean-Francois Uhl. Uh, he joined us uh, kind of in the same capacity that Ian LaPerriere did uh, at the beginning of the season, just to talk a bit about the challenge ahead of him, what he was looking forward to, what his uh, philosophy as a coach in the AHL is. Um, of course, Uhl coming with a lot more AHL coaching experience uh, and and so on and so forth. And and in this clip, is this is where he talks about how uh, development is really the key at the AHL level. And uh, he lays it out that, you know, sometimes development has to take a priority over winning. Yeah, I think the key in all that is to, to have a good, com- uh, a good communications with, uh, you know, with, with the GM and the assistant GM. I think it's very important to try to get on the same page and it is a, a league to develop players. Uh, you know, you, like I said earlier, you want to win in a, and you want to develop players in a winning environment, but uh, you know, s- sometimes uh, the development takes uh, precedent. Yeah. You, you have to make sure the players get their touches. You got to put players in different situations uh, to, uh, to get better and to learn. So, um, you know, would be a, a, a big game back-to-back for a goalie or it could be a, a face-off for a young player, you know, instead of putting your veteran, you put your young guy out there and, and give him some confidence and, and, and he tries to learn, you know, how to win those big face-offs. So there's a lot of different uh, scenarios that uh, you, could, uh, you could develop players. Have to say, it was very refreshing speaking with Jean Francois and I. And we both keyed in, Rick, you and I, very early to the fact that he was pretty emphatic about the uh, development. Sometimes has to take the priority, has to set the precedent because that's what we're here to do. Uh, and it was really f- refreshing to hear some of his coaching philosophy. And and frankly, we have uh, in in there have been quite a few occasions throughout the season so far that we have seen that implemented. Uh, the AHL is a is a completely different beast. Um, when you know you you want to win in in junior hockey, you want to win in NCAA hockey, uh, you want to win in NHL hockey. In the AHL hockey, there's the dual purpose. Of course, uh, teams and organizations and coaches and they want to win, but the primary focus is developing players. And there are lots of of situations where 
you have to you have to focus on development, and that might sacrifice. Uh, you may have to sacrifice winning, and and uh, Jeffool understands that because he spent seven years, I believe, as an assistant coach in uh, Bakersfield, and uh, that's that's he he's he's understand he understanding that mentality that is very different from any other league. Absolutely. Uh, again, uh, that is episode 222. If you missed that interview, um, it is still very relevant. Uh, go back and listen to it. Uh, you'll, you, you'll get a lot of understanding about the philosophy of Laval's new head coach and how he operates behind the bench. Um, another interview, this was an interview going back a little bit further in the year. This happened, uh, this took place back in the summer. Um, and this was, uh, for all of the first three that we mentioned there, Buron, LaPerriere, and Ull, we were happy to welcome those guys to the show for the first time. Won't be the last, but it was the first times that those guys had been on the show. Uh, this next gentleman, of course, uh, is one of our most frequent guests, we're happy to say. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, former Habs, goal, Habs and Laval and St. John's goaltender, uh, now with the St. Louis Blues, making headlines uh, across the NHL lately uh, with with his uh, time spent in St. Louis. Uh, but Charlie's most recent appearance with us here on the show was back in the summer, uh, not long after free agency had opened and he had signed with St. Louis. Um, and here is what he told us uh, on that day about why St. Louis was the right fit for him in making the decision on where to go after Montreal. What made St. Louis the right the right fit for you? Yeah, I mean, there was some uh, teams obviously reaching out and, uh, you know, wanting my services. And I think just for myself, from my point of view, I wanted a, uh, a first-class organization with a, with a really good opportunity. I think St. Louis really fit that mold. Uh, you know, I, I did my homework and, and talked to some guys that have played in that organization. They all speak very highly of it. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it's going to be a great situation. I mean, St. Louis um, is only eight hours away from, from where I train and where I call home in Minnesota. Um, so that's, that's kind of nice. And uh, just from a hockey situation, I think it's, it's a really good, really good fit and something I'm definitely really excited about. So in the uh, the goaltending stable for St. Louis, uh, Jordan Bennington um, and uh, Billy Husso and uh, down in Springfield, uh, Joel Hofer, who um, a year back or the 2020, I guess, World Junior uh, won gold with Team Canada. So uh, have you've you've had discussions with uh, the organization, um, uh, with their goaltending coach, with the uh, assistant GM. What have they? How have they explained the kind of uh, expectations they have for you, or the kind of role that uh, they want for you in the organization? Well, I think number one is, um, you know, when I talk to those those guys in the organization, they're really excited to have me and uh, you know they really wanted me and that's something that uh, you know I definitely don't take for, gra- for granted I think that's uh, that's something I was really looking for and uh, so you know they, they know uh, they did their homework as well so I think they know the kind of person I am they know the kind of goalie I am and um, they really like what I what I bring to the table so um, yeah I mean I just uh, my job is just going to camp uh play like I know how and, um, you know, uh, let the chips fall where they may. But, um, yeah, I know they're, they're super excited to have me and I'm, I'm super excited to get, get down there and, and uh, show them what I can do. You know, Rick, you could hear in that interview and in, in the many times that we've talked to Charlie, how excited he was to make this decision, how excited he was to go to St. Louis, and he even says it there in that clip that, they really wanted him and that was a big factor for him that they that he really felt wanted by St. Louis and look how it's turned out for him i mean it's been he had, he he kicked off a great year in the AHL with Springfield had was tearing it up down there and then had just a remarkable about a month spent with St. Louis like what what a it was the right choice obviously <laughs> 
the uh, the goaltending coach in St. Louis said they targeted uh, Charlie Lindgren. They wanted uh, someone with his kind of uh, focus and determination. He came in and and uh, won eight of his ten starts in Springfield with a 216 goals against 925 uh, save percentage. And when he came to St. Louis, uh, helped them stay at uh, the top of the, the central division uh, with, with a 5-0-0 record, 122 goals against 958 save percentage. He was sensational and set uh, a franchise record uh, with his five wins. Absolutely. And we wish him the best of luck. He's going to be back on the show again soon. Uh, he has, he has said so that, you know, he'll, he'll be back on the show again soon. He'll be, he'll be here to tell us firsthand uh, just how that experience went for him whenever uh, we can, you know, don't, we never want to take away from, from the hockey that he's concentrating on. So we'll have him on soon. But if you missed that particular interview, uh, that is episode 206. Took place over the summer here on the Press Zone, so be sure to go check that out. Um, The last interview that I want to give you a clip of technically actually isn't a 2021 interview. I'm going a little farther with the look back to August of 2020, but I have a good reason for it. Um, Currently, uh, the Habs have now initiated their search for a new GM. And one of the names on that list is none other than former uh, NHL forward Danny Briere. Um, and we've had a lot of great um, conversations with Danny Briere in press boxes and so forth uh, and and have always had a good rapport with him. And he was uh, happy to join us on the show back in August of 2020. This was in the midst of the Flyers and the Canadians in the playoff bubble. You remember that? That seems like an eon ago. The Stanley Cup playoff bubble that happened at the end of the summer of 2020 in the quote-unquote return to play for the NHL. Um, the the Habs and the Flyers were three games into that series, and Danny joined us on the show that day to talk about uh, both teams, seeing as he's played for both of them, uh, what he was seeing from both teams in that playoff in, in those three games, uh, talked a bit about um, one particular thing you'll want to go and listen to in this interview is how Rick specifically said to him, what's next for you after this, which his answer to that is very relevant to what's going on right now with the Habs GM search. But in this particular clip, um, Rick asked him to speak about since he did play uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, asked him to speak specifically about what it was that made things so special about playing with Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher. And here's what he had to say. Well, I think we all know that um, Carey Price is the leader of that team. Um, you know, and it's not a, a loud leader. Um, it's his quiet confidence. He knows he's good, uh, but he doesn't throw it in your face. He He <laughs> just has that... You know that that confidence about him, and then I remember when I when I played it, we we didn't have an amazing team in front of them, uh, but we we knew we had the best goalie in the league. So you play a certain way um, where you try to protect them as much as possible. But if we made mistake, that was so amazing to me. We made mistake, and then they'd come down, have a scoring chance. The other team would have a scoring chance, and Kerry would make it look like nothing had happened. <laughs> and you come back to the bench and, and you sit there and say, oh, may, well, it wasn't so bad after all. Um, you know, and, and it, 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 it just gives that confidence to the rest of the team that um, even if you make a mistake, you know, he, he's there. He can bail you out. Um, yeah, I, was, I was really impressed with, uh, with Kerry with, for my time in, uh, in Montreal. Um, Gallagher, Gallagher was a little younger at the time. He he had a lot of energy, a lot of spunk, (laughs) um, you know, already he was, he was a force, uh, but I don't think he was quite the leader at that time, you know, six years ago that he is now on, on the Montreal Canadian team. Um, he's still playing the same way. Um, but he, he's that ball of energy, um, and emotion that is, you know, it is typical of what, the Montreal uh, Canadiens forwards are. Um, it's like they're built around him. Um, they're fast. They're, they're um, in your face uh, every shift. Um, they don't. They never back down. They get knocked down. They get back up and they come back at you. Um, and it, it seems everybody's feeding off of him and, and playing that way. So um, uh, tremendous player. I, I've been really impressed with what he's been able to to accomplish year after year after year. You, you think that. 
Brendan Gallagher um, would have enough of, you know, getting his face uh, knocked in, (laughs) you know, cross-checked in the back of the head. He keeps coming back at you. He's relentless and he never stops. Um, He's, um, yeah, uh, the perseverance on uh, Brendan Gallagher is uh, really amazing. Rick, you, it's, it's so, for me, it's so interesting to hear another player speak so emphatically about the leadership of Carey Price, the confidence he instills in the team who's playing in front of him, and on the flip side, the heart and the passion uh, that Brendan Gallagher exudes both on and off the ice. Um, the whole interview with Danny Breer was was fascinating, not just this clip. Very fascinating because it's not simply that he was he was born in Gatineau or, or can speak French uh, or has played for the Montreal Canadiens. He, he really understands uh, not only the organization um, and 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 as you mentioned, some of its current uh, leaders. Um, but he's been exposed to in his roles with both Philadelphia and with Maine. He's been exposed to a lot of the administrative um, mm-hmm. parts of the organization, being a VP of hockey operations for the Maine Mariners of the ECHL, being a general manager, being a president, and then having a development role with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been exposed to a, a lot of the different types of of uh, roles that uh, a, G- a, G- a general manager in the NHL will need. Absolutely. Um, we have said uh, that we we think that jumping to a GM position at the NHL level might be a, a bit of a leap. Um, for guys like Danny Briere, Matthew Darsh, uh, you know, who who haven't had GM experience or or something similar, perhaps at the AHL level or or some different high level front office roles at, for an NHL team, uh, but I can confidently say that if for some reason you know the, the Habs have made it well known that they want to probably take someone who who isn't uh, necessarily the cookie cutter path. If they were to take the leap and go with Danny Briere, I would say out of out of the the candidates that they've so far listed, uh, who don't have a ton of of front office NHL level uh, experience, I would be most confident in Danny Briere out of those that are that are there um, because yeah, of agree. what because of what you just said because he has been exposed to so many different things. And because he is so prospect and development focused, that would at least give me hope that he would push things and work with Jeff Gordon in the right direction. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, Go listen to this interview. Um, This interview was episode 136. As I said, it was back in August of 2020, but it is well worth the listen and it's very relevant. Um, It's even relevant to listen to that interview and listen to how he analyzes what the Canadians and the Flyers were doing in that playoff series and analyzes what each team was doing right, what each team was doing wrong, um, what they needed to work on, where their weaknesses were. Again, it's now suddenly relevant to if this person is being considered as the general manager uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. It's interesting to listen to him analyze the team's product on the ice and talk about prospect development a little bit and talk about the things that he focuses on these days. So go check that out, uh, episode 136. And we certainly uh, don't plan on that being the last time, uh, the the first and only time Danny Briere will join us on the program. Uh, we hope to have him on again very soon. Uh, in fact, he, he was actually... Um, had agreed to come on the show over this this past summer, but just due to some scheduling issues, uh, unfortunately, that fell through. But but he will be back on the show at some point in the very near future. Um, so I should say, you know, that's just a, a Rick. It's really a sprinkling of the the interviews that we've done this year. I listed some other people that we've talked to this year. Um, I think some of our 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 interviews are some of uh, the most captivating segments uh, sometimes that we have here on the press zone, and there's certainly not going to be any shortage of them ahead in 2022. Uh, we plan on doing even more of them if if we possibly can. Uh, so, if you're look, looking to learn a little bit, if you're looking to be entertained, uh, the, the interviews are well worth your time. Absolutely, um, and we thank every single one of our guests who joins us on the show uh, for their time uh, and for their insight. It's it's just always a fascinating conversation, and we just love to talk to, talk to hockey people and get lots of different 
perspectives. So it's it's always a lot of fun. Now, this week coming up, no, there are not Laval Rocket games happening, so there won't be game recaps happening at AHLReport.com. But that does not mean that we're going to leave you in the lurch. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, Maria Boabdo's AHL Weekly Um because there's so much going on with postponements and all that kind of thing, uh, just trying to juggle all of that and keep all of that straight, we may push that to Wednesday this week and and we may push Patrick's uh, under review to Thursday this week. So things might be shifted a day, but you'll still find them uh, here at uh, AHLReport.com. Maria's AHL weekly segment uh, will also feature not only the AHL Player of the Week, but it's time for the AHL Players of the Month from December. So she'll have all of that listed, postponements, uh, standings, uh, league leaders, those types of things. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and Rick, um, Patrick Williams will be back with another edition of Under Review this week gee i can't imagine what he'll talk about Hmm. something in those 474 (laughs) call-ups for him to to talk about i think there is something i think we'll probably see that number somewhere in in patrick's report and uh it's always a it's always a fun read uh kind of a place for him to just report on things that he hears around the american hockey league and all of his extensive coverage that he doesn't necessarily get to put into written form um and so it's a it's a it's usually a great column it's called under review and that'll be out later on this week uh on that note rick uh we want to make sure people subscribe if you're a spotify listener did you know that you can now rate the show Nice. You can. So make sure, uh, particularly if you're on using the mobile app for Spotify, just look down, go to the, the main page for the Press Zone podcast, and there should be a place now for you to tap the button to give it a five-star rating. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It's a great, it would be a great way for you to help us kick off the, the new year uh, right and be able to reach even more hockey fans out there. Uh, and and we would appreciate you taking the time to do that. Be sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, share this this podcast on your social media accounts. That only takes a second to just hit that share button on, on whatever podcast uh, player you're listening with and share that on your Twitter account or your social, uh, your Facebook account, your Instagram account, whatever, whatever works best for you. Uh, and Rick, I'm just very excited to see what 2022 is going to bring for us. Um, 2021, as far as the world is concerned in this pandemic, wasn't exactly uh, sunshine and rainbows, but it was pretty good here at Rocket Sports Media and at the Press Zone. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how we grow even more this year. And you want to see how we're going to grow, don't you? You want to hear about it. You want to follow us. Um, so be sure to to join us. Be sure to to reach out to us and and uh, let us know your thoughts. We do uh, take your your feedback into account. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach out in many ways, but five eight five three rocket our text line, the Rocket Sports text line is the most direct way. Send us a text, and uh, we'll certainly uh, appreciate and 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 as I said, take into account uh, your views, and um, and yeah, join us every week. Uh, join us all through the this uh, this brand new year. We wish you happy new year again. We wish you, Amy, a, a happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and um, and we'll be back next week when to to hear all about uh, your celebrate your. Your happy birthday celebrations. It's uh, probably going to be pretty low key, but I'll I'll fill you in next Tuesday. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, uh, and uh, we look forward to being here with you again next Tuesday. Please stay safe out there. It's it's a crazy time out there right now, so keep you and your loved ones safe. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.